0: Oh hey, you made it!
1: We weren't sure anyone was able to get the broadcast. We found this huge vault full of cool things from before the event.
0: Yeah, do you want to come check it out? Now. Are you starting? Should we start? Should we start episode three, Robin? Let's start episode three.
1: Okay. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back to the vault. Oh, we're down here talking about games and, and media again in the vault. You don't sound very excited about it's, it, Robin. Really. It's all we've got to do. Literally, it's all we've done. For yeah, but the past it's stupid. I years. mean, it's, it's
0: all I did before, before the event, so I just continue doing what I do. Go outside even less, which is, you know, it's fine. Um, I don't know. There is a strange smell coming from Sector 6, though.
1: Is it? Is it the grease coming out of the, the toilets again?
0: Is that the grease? Why is there grease in the toilets in the first place?
1: I don't know. Some blue super mutants smashing the place up.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The mutants. I forgot they were down there. That's, I think we locked them in there. They weren't too happy about it. I mean, there's, there was like a table football in there. Yeah. They started wrecking the place, but. Uh,
1: I mean, we have to get the broadcast out, so we should probably yeah, talk let's, about
0: let's, it. let's 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 soldier on, regardless. <laughs> Uh, the grease can come
1: later. Important things first. Um, um, I've played a few things over the since since we last spoke, um, and there's a few things that I'm excited for. Okay, cool. Also, I've I've seen an incredible film oh. that I didn't expect to be incredible. Okay, um, which is exciting. And um, what's your what's your preamble? What's your blurb?
0: Um, I picked up one of your recommendations from last week. Mm-hmm. I was playing a little bit of that. Uh, I went back to a game that I hadn't played for months. Um, I heard Dara O'Brien's been, been busy. He's got some stuff going on. I checked that out. Wow. Got very good report. He got very good. You know, we'll find out. Gets top marks from, from Patch. Top marks. <laughs> top marks to Dara. And other than that, we just got our main our main subject this week. Our
1: specialist subject. Our specialist subject. Right, well, okay. Um. I'll dive right in, because I think I've clocked up something insane like 36 hours on this game <laughs> since I okay. last talked to you. Whoa, okay, that's... A... Um, and it was fully binge, so this was like day and night, and I just did it. Wonderful. Um, My favourite kind of gameplay. So, this is a game called Kingdom New Lands. Kingdom New Lands. And this is the sequel to an older game called Kingdom, which I never played.
0: Okay, so it's Kingdom Colon New Lands. It's just Kingdom
1: New Lands. Okay. I don't think there's a colon? Because
0: it's uh, okay. No, I just titles like that. There's like three King words
1: slammed God. together. I know it seems odd, but it's just the way of the world now, isn't it?
0: Uh well, you know. It's...
1: Um. So, have you heard much about this game, or I've, shall I just I've go? Never heard of them? it in my life. One, oh, wonderful, right? Um. Well, then you you get to hear this with virgin ears, which is lovely. <laughs> be gentle. <please>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be gentle with your ears. All right. Thank you. Um. Now I'm going to say a lot of things to you, and your, and you, and probably the audience will, uh, their eyes will roll back in their heads. So this is an indie, mm-hmm. pixel style, right? Crafting, okay. Tower defense,
0: right? Roguelite. Ugh, I think you've got. I think you've got the bingo card full there. <laughs> <laughs> is Rogue it Metroidvania again, as well? With
1: RPG elements. Oh,
0: well, you're just missing out Metroidvania. You're not at all.
1: I know. I know. Um, now, while that does sound like uh, someone's just scattergunned out what would be successful, mm-hmm. um, it is actually very good. Well, I mean, a lot of these games
0: end up do being very good.
1: Um, so, essentially, in this game, you play as a king or a queen. Mm-hmm. And what you have to do is protect your, expand and protect your empire until you can move on to the next land or the next island. The
0: new land. Yeah.
1: And what's interesting about this is it has a lot of the elements from, like, Traditional uh, and conquer games like uh, Command and Conquer or Age of Empires, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is not on a, it's not on a long plane. It's two dimensions, like flat. Okay. Like a, so It's like a two D side scrolling. Yeah, it's okay. like two D side scrolling, but you go scrolls from side to side. And you'll have various portals on each side that you have to defend from that enemies will come to attack. And you defend these by building out your walls, building towers, building archers. Right. And in order to finance this, you need to build farms. You need to uh, explore, explore things like that. It's got a very limited tech tree, mm-hmm. but um, it's it applies very well because what they've made up for in having a limited tech tree, they've they've made up for in applying this very well to the situations you're faced with. So you can only you have to be very careful with how you use resources. And how you use the tech tree um, okay. to allow you to expand. It's the kind of game that is quite is quite punishing. Um, if you do one thing wrong, that can basically just kill you, and right. that's that's game over. And you could put in lots of hours, and then that's just finished. You're done, yeah. um, which I appreciate. I always I mean, it's appreciate a, great, it's a good
0: idea. element of game design. It really um, makes you value the, the the hours you poured into it.
1: Um, but I've so. I've definitely been enjoying this game. Um, good. A lot, a lot, a lot. Also, it's. Just a very beautiful game. Mm-hmm. It's like um, you know how you get games that are pixel style, and it's literally they've just done that for the most the the most corporate reasons. Just you know? because they've done it people jump like on the pixel. Yeah. Exactly. This is like this game was built for this style, and it really looks really really good. Mm-hmm. It's got um, like a pixelated background, pixel foreground, and it's got just uh, effects like water effects at the front and stuff that just could only work in a pixel style you know so it justifies yeah. it having it rather than it just being shoehorned in um, stylistically it kind of reminds me a lot of Sword and Sorcery Sword and Sorcery yeah yeah the um, with the sort of uh, the, the, the pixel style and music which meshes very well with it mm-hmm. um, but yeah I've been spending a lot of time with that um, enjoyed it thoroughly very and good. I would uh, wholeheartedly recommend also it's quite cheap it's like ten or I think roughly it's not bad anyway yeah so what uh, well, Take continuing
0: on the on the kingdom theme, uh, I took a gamble and I dove into Reigns, oh, which yeah, we were Rains. talking about last week. Uh, I was sitting on the bus and I'd run out of podcasts to listen to, um, and I figured, oh, I'll just give Reigns a go. I've got I've got three quid to spare, and uh, it's good. I'm enjoying it. It's. Um, you know, as you say, it's like fun, simple mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. The uh, history of like the kingdom feels very personal to the individual. Yeah. So it's like a little like I like going back through the timeline. Yeah. Like even like I've only been playing it for like two hours, but I like to see ah oh, so this this so there was a period of like ten years where there were like four kings. <laughs> yeah. Just <exactly>. because <laughs> so they kept screwing up, and then that and then after that there was a king for like forty years, and he was like everyone loved him. Um, yeah, and all the characters are quite cool. I really like the style of it. It's, mm-hmm. like, you know, quite straightforward. Uh, it's and uh, It's got a nice sort of music in the background. I like the idea that one of the challenges I'm trying to do is uh, you get cursed with old age. Yeah. And you have to live with the, with the uh, basically, not being able to hear properly. Which, the game's all text, so how that works is it just muddles up all, all the words, all the letters in the words, so you have to try and figure out what people are saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like after a few playthroughs, it becomes slightly easier to yeah. do. But... I mean, figuring out what people are saying is fine. It's just getting through the challenges to get to 17 years is always a bit of a bother because I just want to find out what happens at the end of that. The only thing I would say is the uh, the dungeons that uh, like you can go into. Like, there doesn't seem to be any real incentive to me to go into the dungeons. Yeah. Because, like, once you're in a dungeon, that's pretty much, like, game over. Yeah. Like, I would be good if you could come out with like some great treasure that restores the land or something, but like you just no matter what happens, you're like yeah you get lost in the dungeon. The kingdom has moved on from your reign,
1: and I was like oh. It certainly that is something I'll notice, and I will admit I've never managed to make it through a dungeon and still be alive at the end of it. You always die. Yeah. yeah. Well, can't if you don't like if you get out fast enough without your bars dropping. Because you know how when Oh, to
0: the bar, So you can get out before the bar. Yeah,
1: I, I'm pretty sure you can. I've not actually Googled this, funnily enough. But I think you can. So I'm not sure if you do get some great treasure. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure something can happen. Well, maybe that's a challenge for, for next for next episode.
0: We can both yeah. try and get out of the dungeon. Both <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: can actually be good at the game. Yeah.
0: Um, what else was I doing? I went uh, back to Total War. Warhammer. Oh, wow. Which is... Blast uh, from the past. Yeah, well, I mean, well, it's, it's the most recent entry in the Warhammer, uh, in the Total War series. What, when was that? 2009? No, Warhammer Total War came out in August. What am I thinking of? Maybe thinking of Shogun Total War? Medieval Total Maybe Rome Total War? Ah, uh, Rome. Rome. Yeah, it's, it's, a, right. it's a series that has been going for a long time. They look fairly
1: complex.
0: Yeah, they're pretty complex, uh, but I played a little bit of Shogun Total War. Uh, which is cool because you know I'm into you know into the history of Japan and everything. So I was like, oh, let's figure out how sugar nuts work in that. Uh, it's too complex. It's just my little brain couldn't handle it. But then uh, being a massive uh, Warhammer fanboy back in the past, they brought mm-hmm. out Warhammer Total War, yeah. which is Total War with essentially orcs, dwarves, dragons, vampires, uh, all that fun stuff. Um, so I got it when it came out. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. It's one of those games I get bored of, and I come back to every now and again. Yeah. Since I came back to it, uh, there's been an update for a new race of characters called the Beastmen, who are these basically what it so- what it sounds like, essentially like a race of like minotaurs. They're like massive. They like they don't have any like ranged units. They just charge with giant axes and like smash smash soldiers up.
1: That is well cool. But this is
0: paid DLC, so like I didn't I didn't. I didn't really take the chance to like buy it. I figured I don't need it. I'm having enough fun with the vanilla game as it is. But I wasn't expecting to have them just put the army in. Like you can't play as them, but the army are in the game. So if you're playing a campaign, like I was just trying to like manage this kingdom, and I had basically you control armies going around uh, your lands, and uh, just this beastman army appeared from the south, and I was like, oh, I'll go take them on. And see what that's so, like. I had a very small like regiment of soldiers. I had like a general. And, like, some crossbow men and, like, two squads of spearmen. So, like, let's take these guys on. Uh, So, we were just kind of, like, waiting. Like, the map was, like, a forest, loads of hills. We were like, okay, these beastmen are coming. Let's just be ready. Let's form, like, a defensive, like, curve to trap them in. All of a sudden, out of the trees, just hundreds of beastmen come pouring out. (laughs) And usually losing in this game absolutely sucks. I get really frustrated at it. But I was just, it was just, like, it was unbelievable just to watch. Just, like, all my soldiers were, like, I charged them towards and just before they could get to them they just lost face and all ran away <laughs> and got absolutely brutalised by <laughs> just these giant minotaur devil looking people oh, it was it's scary so I, was, I thought that was well played because I was not expecting like that new content to be in, in there so it was like a good surprise for me and it just looked really cinematic just imagine all these guys with the
1: were beast men, <laughs> there's nothing we could do they charged they were up the
0: they gored us
1: the, to death and um, so, um, that is how you sell DLC as well. Yeah, I know. It's like, wow. surprise! <laughs> Boom! There's some DLC. Yeah. yeah they're, they're going cool. to kill you all. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Um, so that's been fun. I've just, I've just been getting back into it. learning. Every time I go back and play, I just learn a bit more about the mechanics. Yeah. You know, managing your kingdom and like making sure you have enough resources to build armies and stuff. It's all very, you know, <laughs> on the surface, very boring stuff. But then, you know, you've got to make sure you've got enough gold so you can trade, so you can make money, so you can then you know, build people, up your
1: army. People like boring games, man. Yeah, I All love them. sound boring. I think man. they're great. But, like, Prison Architect, is it like, it's, so for anyone who hasn't played at Prison Architect, you design and run a prison. Mm-hmm. And on the face of it, that sounds really boring, but it's not. Games like that. Well, um, much like Theme Hospital. Theme Hospital. Theme, yeah. Theme
0: Park. Theme Park. Uh, theme, is it called? There's, there's roller coaster tycoon. Well, there's theme park, and then there's roller coaster the tycoon. And there's, a, oh, there's a new, actually, Segway. This I didn't, this didn't write this in my segway? notes. Segway? Can we do a Segway alert? Segway alert! One of the mutants is driving a Segway! <laughs> How do you even get it? Um, uh, what was it? Coaster, Coaster World, I think. It was a new uh, game by the people who made Roller Coaster Tycoon. Because the franchise essentially got cancelled. After Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, which I absolutely loved. we Coaster World, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Looks just like Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, but it has a lot more in-depth park design. More in-depth, just you can create coasters however you want. You you can get right in to the ground level to see what your people are up to. You can build custom buildings, custom mascots. Oh, excuse me. Looks great. Got too excited, I was burping all over the place. Ain't too many live worms. (laughs) <laughs> Too many live worms. I you need to kill these worms before yeah. we eat them. Mm, at least, at least cook them somehow.
1: We should probably cook them first. Yeah. No. No one ever taught me how to cook worms. Um. But yeah. You know, this is a thing. I think we should talk about what, about retro game kickstarting. Okay. Because this is a thing that we're. I'm gonna say plagued with, because for me, it's been more of a negative experience than has been a positive one. Uh. Okay. When um developers have taken it upon themselves to, to restart a franchise that has died yeah, and then make it into, into a modern game from the new world mm-hmm. for the for the old fans.
0: Are you talking about anything specifically, maybe...
1: Um, I could talk about the... I mean, the one specific that was the biggest letdown was Mighty Number no. 9. Mighty
0: Number no. 9, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, which, for anyone who's not initiated, was a kick-started project, which I actually kick-started oh, in yeah? good faith, uh, for a new Mega Man game. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, the spiritual successor spiritual to
1: Mega Man. Spiritual successor, that's a much better word. Um, but there's that, there was um, a spiritual successor to uh, Dungeon Keeper.
0: Oh man, I was very upset about that. That, would, that wasn't even kickstarted. Um, wasn't it? Well, that was before. I'm thinking of the EA uh, remake of Dungeon Keeper, that was the mobile game. Wait, 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 we
1: don't talk about that.
0: Okay, let's not talk about it. Because it makes me very sad. What's the one you're talking about?
1: Um, the one that was a, a spiritual su- successor. Uh-huh. But that was actually on the better side. Um, right. uh, and what, what I wanted to talk about is like, cause you get them and they kind of sp- they're kind of weirdly split into two camps. Mm-hmm. So you get ones like Mighty Number no. Nine, which almost seems slavishly uh, attached to the original. Yes. Um. So Mighty Number no. Nine, when you look at them mechanically, it functions pretty much identically to a Mega Man game, but it doesn't feel like one. Um. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is because your brain does a lot of editing in retrospect to the games you played in the past. Okay, but it's like
0: our retrospective of Robot Wars, would you say?
1: I would say so. And and when you remake it to be exactly the same as it was, um, all those flaws are there as well. Mm -hmm. Now, a prime example of a game that doesn't do this um, but still captures that era of gameplay, like Mega Man, Shovel Knight. Yes. Um, Now, Shovel Knight... It's a retro-style platformer that's a homage, 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 an homage, an homage to games like Mega Man, games like Metroidvania, um, well, Metroid, Metroid and, and Castlevania. Castlevania, Castlevania games. See that phrase has become so <laughs> so ubiquitous so, yeah. in your brain. Um, but it's yeah. great, I love it. But the thing is, it cheats, and that's what makes it good. Cheats how? Cheats how? By it cheats by. It's not an it's not a eight-bit era game in any means no it's true like you can move when you jump think about that yeah like you can self correct yeah, and when point. you get hit you you get knocked back but if you get knocked back in the air you're given control back mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah Um, there's stuff like there's a higher colour palette there's a there's music in the game although it's a it's 8 bit music it's very it's, advanced it's, you, there, there would be no possibility of that in the era that it came from yeah. so it's like what it's doing is using modern technology to like smooth out those those rough edges that your brain smoothed out in the games previously because like I recently picked up uh, Castlevania 2 in to play mm-hmm. um quite rec- quite like a couple months ago and I was like this is this is not as fun as I remember <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be the problem
0: with the uh with the NES mini that's mm, coming out yeah in November I think I'd quite like to get one Yeah, because admittedly, uh, I kind of missed the NES generation. My first console was a Nintendo sixty-four.
1: Mine was a PlayStation one, but I have played a lot of these games through friends Mm -hmm. at that time.
0: I remember, I think I played probably one of the Metroid games Mm. on the NES. One of my friend's older brother had one. You know, know, older brothers are great for this kind of thing. Yeah, Um, but being the oldest (laughs) brother, I got an N sixty-four. It was brilliant. But I'd like to go back in the uh, place of NES stuff, and I feel like that little uh, plug-and-play console
1: could be quite it could be handy quite good. for that. Oh, well, it's a good idea as well from Nintendo. Ah, uh, yeah,
0: they should have been, should have done it ages ago.
1: Um, yeah, but, but I feel
0: like that's that's gonna be we're gonna see the. I don't think, like you say, they're gonna do anything to smooth out the nostalgia. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, just gonna be, be like here's the game as it was. Good luck moving diagonally.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, and and I think that that's that's a problem we have because it's basically ones that are like a direct spiritual successor in all ways and you get Mm. ones that are more of an homage and I I think the ones that are more of an homage are almost always better. Yeah. In every way. Because they come from a place of passion. They come from a place of passion they also come from a place of understanding rather Mm -hmm. than just uh, directly being like, oh yeah, we're going to make a new one with the exact same materials. They take the idea of, yeah, okay, we understand. We have much better technology. We can make this better. Um N- Nintendo Segway. Okay. I <laughs> know se- oh, there se- he goes again. Segway. <laughs> um I've actually been playing so I got a Nintendo DS. Oh. Um not, not since we last recorded. I got it quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um and I played it far less than I expected to play. It. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, that's the same. I took my brother's old one, and I played a little bit of. I played it. I played it on the plane yeah. from America, and that's. I never looked at it again.
1: But there, w- I mean, there was some stuff we. I, I, yeah, I think we spoke about me playing Monster Hunter briefly, possibly very briefly. But yeah, Monster Hunter is t- too overwhelming, and I don't have the time to commit to it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> already playing Kingdom New Lands.
1: One day. <laughs> But yes, I've been playing uh, a Link Between Worlds, the Zelda game. Oh, cool! And um, because it was on, it was on uh, Amazon for like really cheap, like yeah. thirteen pounds or something. Well, it looks so, like a good game. Uh, yeah, it's really great, really, yeah. really great. And it's like, um, what, what was I thought was really nice about it was it was like the way it almost like bait and switches you with gameplay. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really clever. And I don't know if this is deliberate or if I'm just looking into it this way. But um, so, if anyone who hasn't played *A Link Between Worlds* is, uh, it's a fairly st- standard Zelda game. It's top-down view, and um, you have your sword, you have your shield, you have you have your hookshot, you have all of your your bombs, your standard stuff, standard enemies. And when you first start playing it, it just looks like that, just mm-hmm. like a standard remake of a Zelda game, you know? Yeah. And then they introduce mechanics. And it's like, so there's one mechanic where I think this was the one it was shipped on and I didn't actually watch any trailers. I just bought it because it was cheap. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, cheap Zelda games are always good fun. Yeah.
1: Um, but the, th- the main selling point is that you can be 3D link uh-huh. and then you can merge into walls. Oh, yes. And then flat looks, yeah. on the plane of the wall you merged into. And then that allows you to do stuff like go through canyons, go through small gaps and stuff. Yeah. And the way it unveils that mechanic, you're like, oh, Wow. It's not just what I thought it was. It's not just a simple Zelda game. Then it's has like, a oh, whole new layer to it. As exactly, yeah. a whole new layer, but I mean a new dimensional layer quite, yeah. quite directly. But then um and then I did uh, one of the first dungeons, I think it's called the Tower of Hera. Um and then it adds verticality and it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah." And it, it adds it in such a it's very subtle the way they've added these mechanics because it's like the way it adds it is like, "Yeah, you have to drop between these mecha- these uh these moving these platforms." Uh-huh. Just like steps, stepping stones. And then it's like, oh, now, now they're moving. Oh, now you have to understand these mechanics in order to explore. Yeah. It's like, oh, and then it's so brilliantly layered onto it. So it's like not overwhelming, but it's like, so it, someone playing a new this game, never playing a Zelda game before, it wouldn't overwhelm them. But someone who's played Zelda games before would think, I, I certainly thought, oh, this is just a cash grab. It's just a cheap, simple Zelda game. Yeah. And then you start playing, you're like, wow, there's a lot of hidden depth here. You a lot into it yeah it's oh, good
0: well i mean let's hope they put the same amount of creativity it looks like they have into the new zelda game like i mean have you seen any footage of uh was it uh oh, call, it call of the wild call of
1: the wild of the wild that
0: looks very good
1: yes that's yeah. giving me that's making me very excited yeah also did you
0: get shadow of the colossus vibes i was getting slight t michael vibes yeah yeah yes. oh i have i don't know if you know this Another... Oh, there goes that segue again.
1: Jeez, segues all over uh, the
0: show. T. Michael um, announced today that... Uh, what's, so, what's to, so, what day are we recording on? Uh, so, as of Monday the 12th, um, Last Guardian has been delayed again. Okay.
1: Till December. Guys. Although, you know what, man? They're, the amount of flack they're taking for this and just not, not forcing a delivery... No, I mean it's good that, that they're takes me their time.
0: Um, however, I feel the amount of the amount of delay raises the amount of expectation. Like you can probably write up a very real chart based on the recent release of No Man's Sky. Oh well, to actually, delay in
1: expectation. I think the the chart I would draw on is Duke Newcomb forever.
0: Oh yeah, that's a very good point. I think
1: that's that is the chart I would draw because yeah. that was in development hell for a long time. Yeah. Um, and that was
0: distinctly mediocre when it came out. Yeah, no, I didn't play it. It just looked a bit shit. Um, Can we go back to... Zelda? Zelda real quick. Well, more back to uh, release dates. NX is coming out soon. No, uh, is that the
1: official name or is that still the prototype name?
0: I don't know, but they released details of it recently. It sounds really cool. It's, like um it cool. It's sort of like a half-portable, half-home console. Oh well, that's so, what... Wasn't
1: that what the Wii was supposed to be? What the
0: Wii U was supposed to be, but yeah. they have, you have a big... Chunky Fisher Price looking kids <laughs> tablet for babies, yeah. Uh, which I've actually played on that tablet, and I mean, it's, it's hell, it's really <laughs> no. awkward. It's just like you can't put the controller down at all, all oh, right, without it without some button being activated. Oh, so, um, so I'll be playing with my friend, and we'll put the controller down, and then like the triggers will go off, and like something will happen. I was like, damn it, it's that's, to-. that's bothersome, yeah. Apparently this new one, it's a little six-inch screen. So what's this like phone? Like it's about six, right? Yeah, it's about six. You put two halves of a controller. Oh, on sorry, just because
1: you can't see what we're doing, we're actually just holding up uh, Patchy's phone. Um, yeah, I found a phone in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, and no
0: signal. There. There's no signal down no here. at all. I just play. I've just. I've just been playing rains on it essentially. <laughs> um, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, they're going to bring it out with uh, two halves of a controller which you can clip together but also clip on the either side of the screen. Oh, So it will be pretty much uh, high definition gaming graphics on this screen so you can play it on the go. When you get home, you can put the controller together, put this screen in like a sort of dock, like a brain, and then play it on your telly, apparently. Which sounds like it might be quite, you know, pretty much what the Wii U was supposed to be. You know, and I'm quite, let me tell I'm quite excited for that. I might go for one of them over, because uh, I'm thinking of, thinking of buying a PlayStation 4, mainly because Last Guardian's coming out. Yeah. But, um you know, yeah. if the NX has, you know, better looking games on it, uh, it might not, though, because you know what Nintendo are like. Well, and Bloodborne's on
1: P- PS4.
0: <laughs> yes, Bloodborne. Plugborn. Ah, <laughs> uh, Last of Us. Pl- Plugborn. Plugborn. Uh, born of plugs. <laughs> I was uh, oh, yeah, I was wanting to play The Last of Us as well. Yeah. Um, I've not played that yet. Oh, maybe we can, Maybe that could be a... Not that down for oh, a little future... little well, future playthrough. Future playthrough. Narrative is good. It tick, ticks all the boxes. Ticks all the boxes. Ticks its... Uh, it's a roguelike 8-bit <laughs> RPG element crafting <laughs> sim. <laughs> there is crafting in it as well. And RPG elements. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's ticking a few of the boxes. It's good. Uh, so, possibly The Last of Us. Anywho, uh, yeah, NX coming out.
1: This yeah. Is a bit
0: of game console news, which you've never done. Before. I have so, we've
1: not done that. Have they released a the price point? I don't believe so. Mm. Not yet. What do you think?
0: What's your, what's your gut? So, Nintendo already released things relatively cheap, you know, compared but, to what's at the time. Yeah. Usually below 300. So although this you know is very new, it's good doing quite a lot of new things. I'd say they probably go
1: above three hundred. I think I think it's I think we're certainly looking in the sub sub five hundred market definitely. Oh, less than five hundred. Yeah. No, but that, I yeah. mean the thing is, I don't know. I don't know because this is quite a lot, quite a lot past the PS four and um, Xbox One release cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, they run so on they their own generation. you could afford to charge a lot more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo but, just run on their own time, you know. They do. I kind of I respect that a lot about yeah. Nintendo, that um, they're just like, yeah, we we ain't playing your game. Yeah, mm. for Nintendo, we're gonna do whatever we want because we're, we're all the, the way main over stuff. in
0: Japan. You can't control us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Microsoft, Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Um yeah, so, I don't know. I'm quite excited to see... I think they're hoping to announce it properly later, like, maybe in November-ish. So, I'm looking forward to see what comes of that.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I'm certainly looking forward to this uh, Zelda game because it looks so expansive. Yeah, it looks big. Yeah. Big. yeah. I looks, like big games.
0: good. Big games. Big, big, big games. Big games. Sink all your time into them.
1: Yeah. Don't Although, I, weirdly enough, what I've found recently with my... This certainly the way I play. I'm playing more putting more hours into simple games than I am with expansive games. Yeah. I've been doing this a
0: bit more as well. Even with uh, Total War, which yeah. is a total time sink, I'll go and play like <coughs> maybe an hour, an hour and a half of it tops at a time. Yeah. <coughs> that way I find I don't get quite so bored of it and it just seems like a better way of playing a game. Because mm. you can be like, oh, I've played half an hour of a game. I've like, The way it's structured as well... You do a bit of, like, campaign sorting out. You have some diplomatic talks with other leaders. Move your armies around. Have maybe one or two big battles. Yeah. And there's your little chunk of war.
1: A little chunk of war. A little,
0: a little chunk of war. Go back about your business. Um, Other tech news.
1: Since, since we, I guess we're doing tech, do tech news now. It's our new segment. Tech news. Techno news tech segment for tech boys. Okay, tech boys. <laughs> tech... Tech boys. Good afternoon, everyone. With the Tech Boys. Let's, let, let's not do that. Cause that'll be so hard to keep up. Okay, right. <laughs> right. Tech news. iPhone seven. Oh, okay.
0: Let's talk about the iPhone seven.
1: Um, <laughs> but it's more than the iPhone seven. Cause I, like the release. Really, for me, the actual specs of the release, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Meh. Nah. Yeah. Even as someone who's like, I, I mean, I, you know, and the listeners may or may not know. I mean, I I pretty much always used Apple products. Yeah, I'm surrounded by them. It's but it's literally this. I, it's not because of the brand. Uh huh. It's because they fulfill a niche in my life th- the way I want a technology to do. If uh, any other I, brand did it, um, I, I think they're easy and I think they're pretty.
0: Okay, I think they're. Maybe half of each of those, but, yeah, but uh, that's uh, my opinion. No, that's it. Yeah, it's f- it's p- p- purely subjective. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think when anyone starts arguing over tech specs of what your phone should be, like power, how powerful it should be. Yeah, I suppose you should remember always. that we landed something on the moon with, uh, with less technology than uh, yeah any of that. Yeah, with yeah. like a calculator. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you have more than every supercomputer combined in 1985 in your pocket. I mean you don't need this
0: yeah why are we not still going to the moon with like with the technology we've got it's too dangerous Could we not just like put an iPhone in a dock on one of the <laughs> old space shuttles from the 60s?
1: go no because there's no aux socket Ah, uh, that's <laughs> yeah yeah um, but that's I mean that's the thing that's what really interested me um, was everyone f- freaked out about this jack socket yeah uh, like, who needs wires anyway um, and it's like fair enough but it's one of these outrage things on the internet. Everyone was going mental over...
0: Yeah, there wasn't really any real outrage that week.
1: Um, so they had to be outraged. Yeah, they
0: had to be outraged about something. I just Come on.
1: Don't, don't buy it.
0: Well, that was my thing. Just the, there's you, can, you don't need an iPhone. Yeah, You get something else.
1: And if you really want an iPhone, get the iPhone 6. Get an iPhone 6. It, I mean, literally, they're the same size, the same weight probably the same battery life although that hasn't been confirmed they have said there's more but I, uh, nah. I i don't know if i believe that quite yet an iphone 6 they haven't even changed the display the, yeah. it, the, the display apparently is brighter but they haven't confirmed how <laughs> okay. um, so that between the six and the seven i mean fairly similar phones fairly similar devices so don't don't freak out about it keep your knickers yeah. on and not twisted yeah. And just chill a little bit. Just iron your neck here. put them back on. You dry them out a bit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just chill. Just chill, yeah. chill down. I mean, and the thing is, I I am one of these people who... I do think this is a trend that we're going to see. We are going to see the removal of the jack. I think that's going to happen. Yeah, the no, jack removal. As, as bloody useful as it is, and it's not something I want to see because it's one of these technologies that's just great. Yeah, but, I mean, like, wires, like,
0: I think, basically... Companies keep trying to get rid of wires. Yeah. Like, uh, well, back to games consoles. Wireless controllers, have been around since Nintendo, since the GameCube. Exactly. And it took a while for that to catch on, but like wires are just, you know, underrated.
1: I mean, I remember when we first started getting routers, like um, in, like wireless routers, root yeah. wireless routers. I was dead against them because yeah. I was like, a wired connection is so much easier. You just plug it in, plug, take it out, yeah. easy done that's what I do just um,
0: direct connection
1: and I think right. that's just how we uh, we're always going to be re- reluctant to change I mean and I'm completely okay with being wrong with this yes. if yes. Apple make a complete faux pas and they like uh, removal of headphone jack was just not a trend and no one does it mm. cool I don't care that's not going to change what I use uh, you know, someone's going to try it again a few yeah. years down the line Um, I just didn't understand Those also earphones though yeah. You look, look kind of funny. Oh god, they make, they're stupid looking earphones, yeah. aren't they? Like just no like, way. No way. Two little drumsticks in your ears. Jeez. Oh, I'm it look like a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> um what else was there about it? Yeah, the advertisement bothered me. I've not seen any advertisement for it. Um oh, it's really really flashy. Mm-hmm. And like obviously Apple's very like I don't know. I've always thought it was like try to, trying to be minimalist. Yeah, uh, that's, that's understated. Sort of the whole thing. Yeah? yeah, that was the thing. And the advertisement's like really flashy and in your face. And it's like, if it struck me as like deliberately trying to appeal to the millennials okay you know yeah, and it felt so old you know yeah. felt like some old dudes in an office trying to appeal to a younger generation I was like oh yeah. those millennials are hard to please as well and, it was, and that really that's what galled me more than anything yeah. any change to the tech it was like oh are, is that the market you're going down now that's a worry because mm. I mean if you're starting to think that like flashy is good and that. I'll, I'll need to look this up it's, uh, yeah because it's like that's what i've that's what i've always liked about apple products because they are aesthetically pleasing and it's this is something that like tech heads laugh me out of the room for and it's like I keep my phone on me pretty much at all times uh-huh. I have that with me more than i wear pants right um I want it to look good and feel nice in my hand it's as much an aesthetic object for me as it is a practical one
0: i I think so that's kind of why i chose my Newer phone, like um, just on kind of aesthetics, and I don't know, it sounded really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a fingerprint tracker on the back, it's got a button that doesn't do anything. It's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those <laughs> Koreans, that was, oh, man. those Korean slaves, showing sure know how to make phones. Yeah,
1: you can tell the listeners what your phone is.
0: Oh, I have an Honor 7 by yeah. Huawei. Huawei, uh, it's really cool. Um, I just I was trapped in a little iPhone bubble for about six months, and I was, oh. Did you hate it? Hated it. I just I started having Apple iTunes accounts, Apple accounts. I was I just trapped in the cold dead clutches of Steve Jobs. <laughs> I was like, I need to get out uh, out of this career. What have you got for me? And he said, uh, we got this phone that's pretty much like an iPhone Seven, but uh, it costs about two hundred and fifty pounds. Nice. It's like thanks, mate. Um, send me that right away. I'm like yes, please. Just please. Yes, we sent it to you uh, This is Italian, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wax, it
1: is. Just with you saying the cold uh, clutches of Steve Jobs, I don't know, mate. I think if Steve Jobs could see some of the stuff, some of the design decisions and some of the advertisement decisions that Apple have been making recently, Yeah, they're going, he definitely be, going a new direction. He would be spinning so fast in his grave you could hook up a generator and power the United States on his body.
0: Maybe that's what the United States needs in this... Uh, this wasteland. <laughs> this wasteland. This wasteland, where somehow Apple's still a functional company. Of course, Apple's still functional. Oh, that's they were, true. They caused it. Yeah, they were part of the cause, apparently. Apple or Skynet. In the great chain of uh, of events that caused the event.
1: Oh, <laughs> Ronnie. My Whoa. name's Ronnie. I'm a raider. <laughs> he raids day and night. He does. Day and
0: night. I love. I just I tell you one thing, Robin. <laughs> I love raiding. <laughs> when I'm not. I like to look up at the night sky <laughs> and think about my next my next raiding mission with my bandits. That's <laughs> like bloody mad max out there. Bloody tell mad max. I've got a <laughs> i have got put spikes on my car. <laughs> Don't even know why, it's this really dangerous. <laughs> everyone's just doing it. I'm running out of bloody plasters because I put spikes on my car, I keep cutting myself. In. You wouldn't believe the amount of duct tape we go through. we <laughs> <laughs> run out of plasters, I do use bloody duct tape. <laughs> the duct tape is what keeps the spikes on the car so the spikes are falling off. I'm bleeding everywhere. Long story short, raiding's a
1: difficult life. So I saw a film that was absolutely striking and I would go as far to say a total triumph. Oh, wow. In the truest sense of the word. Not in the throwaway film reviewer world. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings.
0: Oh, I would love to see Kubo and the Two Strings. It looks just, very good.
1: Just incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. Um, now, this was by the same people who did Coraline. Yep. Um, Coraline, which I thought was good, but I thought it was mainly good on just the sort of like creepy Tim Burton-y, classic Tim Burton kind of vibe that I was getting from. Yeah.
0: Not even really Tim Burton. Think um, about
1: it. That's why I said Tim Burtony.
0: I know it was just, uh, I gotta be a gotta be a huge nerd about it and oh, say, yeah.
1: was it wasn't Tim Burton actually. It was the other guy. I know. I know. Anyway, um, but yes, the just the art style is marvelous. The because it says uh, stop motion. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's all stop motion or some of it's some of it's stop motion. Some of it's made to look like it is. Stop I mean, motion. a lot of it
0: looks like stop motion. I saw some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah,
1: with, like it looks incredible. Um, but it's. I mean, the narrative is incredible. The visuals are incredible. Like, but the pacing is brilliant as well. And the use of comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, what... I have a massive issue with a lot of kids' films or even, like, actually just films in general with incorrect tonal use of comedy. Right. Um, Suicide Squad was a bloody... <laughs> a <laughs> like, bit of mess, wasn't it? Well, a prime example of incorrect use of comedy. Yeah. Um, but... Kids films kind of show it all the time. It's just like, oh, we have to make a joke every two minutes, or else the kids will get bored. Here's you know? a dance scene with a cute animal. Yeah, exactly. But this was like able to do, able to hold emotional weight mm-hmm. while still sticking gags in as well, and um, to keep the tone light. It was just so many parts of it were just like, wow, they've really thought about this dialogue. They've really thought about how this makes people feel. Cool. And it's like it, it lets it gives me the impression that during the developmental cycle, what they've done is just like. They've just screened this and screened this and screened this to people over and over again, like lots and lots of people, to get their feeling and get how they how they interact with the film, because it it feels like it's properly crafted, it feels like it's properly made to make you feel a certain way.
0: Okay, so a case of test screening multiple times haven't yeah. gone right.
1: Yeah, I think I think they've just I think they've had a vision and yeah. they've made their vision and then they've just tweaked it using emotion the the emotional response in it makes people have alright I just man I cannot recommend this enough Um, so far my film of the year oh wow hands down cool
0: I was trying to think about films of the year the other day and I can't even remember what films have come out this year
1: that's that's for another episode
0: yeah we'll figure this well that would be for the end of the year episode Yeah, yeah the new year's special if we
1: can figure (laughs) out what bloody month it is. I know down here <laughs> down in the vault just to remind you we are in a vault we are definitely in a vault this is, this is a themed podcast now this
0: is all stuff that happened well we found it <laughs> hey I found a reel for Kubo and the two strings um <laughs> I watched Daryl O'Brien's Go 8-bit on Dave oh wow um I just saw it advertised we'd just been talking about Robot Wars this was like a day after our Robot Wars chat mhm uh, and, you know, we were a bit harsh on it, um, and I'm a fan of Dara O'Brien, I don't want to be like, you know, everything you do sucks from now on, Dara, you've lost it. Um, basically, it's a TV show about video games. Yeah.
1: Because um, <clears throat> they've been so uh, historically successful.
0: Well, that was my sarcastic thought, exactly. Mm. So, um, So, I actually, <clears throat> for the first time in, I don't know how long, purposefully went down to watch TV to watch something. Wow. In this day and age of iPlayer and Netflix and just recording stuff. I was like it's ten PM on a Monday. I'm going to go watch Daryl Brains Go 8 bit on Dave. Bit of a plug there. You're welcome, Dave. Dave, you can you can sponsor us anytime. Oh, let's get a sponsor from Dave. You know what actually I found I've realized. Dave has some pretty good shows now. Their own original stuff is yeah. pretty good. Sorry, there's that segue going past again. Um, the distractions. <laughs> just keep just keep segue. on track. Okay. I'll come back to that. Uh, yes, so, uh, Go 8-Bit. Let's see now. It is a show about video games. However, it's a sh- it's like a... Um, I thought it would be like a panel sort of quiz show. There's like two... There's two teams of people. Um, and they have two celebrity guests. Mm-hmm. Well, one celebrity guest each each week. Uh, Daryl O'Brien is the host. And he's got a sort of assistant uh, sidekick lady. I can't remember her name but they both basically talk about like give you facts about the video games that are featured on the show and the video games are chosen by the guests Hmm. there are three rounds of games I think Uh, basically the guests they have a round where they both play a video game from from their past that they loved Uh, and it's all about building up points essentially so it's little competitive rounds of uh, retro games sometimes quite new games Uh, One example was, uh, I think it was like some footballer was on, he was playing, he chose to play Tekken, like the first Tekken, and uh, Comedy Lady, I should have taken more notes for this, but Comedy Lady and Football Man, uh, (laughs) they went head to head in this like really old like Atari game where you have to like collect chicken eggs and stuff. So it wasn't like what I thought it was going to be like, oh, here's lots of cringe gamer jokes about sitting around in your pants playing games all day. However, in the first 10 minutes, that joke bomb was dropped. I rolled my eyes, I was like, please let there be no more of this. There was no more of that.
1: <laughs> they got that out of the
0: way, straight away, and I was like,
1: cool. It was probably mandated by production. Yeah. You must make one cringy shit gamer joke.
0: Yeah, uh, we got Chuck Lorre to write a gamer joke. You oh. have to do it once a week, otherwise you get bazinga'd in the bazinga. <laughs> oh my word. Um, anywho, so yeah, it was really good, actually. I was very impressed, because you can tell the, the Whole production, everyone who was involved in making it actually does very much like video games. Daryl O'Brien uh, often talks about video games in his comedy set. He does, he does. Um, so there was a bit where they were playing Star Wars Battlefront, mm-hmm. which which was good, but it like it does feel like a bit of a plug for Star Wars Battlefront, a game that's been out for about four
1: months. Oh come on, man! It's gonna be that's it's gonna be full of sponsors. So. I mean,
0: that's cynical me in there being like, we're gonna play Star Wars Battlefront, the new game from EA.
1: You can't escape that. Yeah,
0: but I think you know whatever gets whatever gets the money to produce that kind of show because it was yeah. a good show, you know. So I fe- I feel like it was a <clears throat> possibly a means to an end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was very good. Uh, there was a good bit at the end where they played. Um, what's it? Uh, Buster Move Bubble Blast, where you know the game where you have to shoot the bu- the bubbles uh, out of the cannon and collect yeah, yeah. all the colors. They played that, but with um, using like people as controllers. That's really funny. Because they were highlighting sort of this uh, someone... I don't know. I, because they do the same thing with Robot Wars, where they basically showcase a new type of gaming technology. This was like a little circuit board that you could hook up to basically anything and use the electrical charge uh, that runs through yourself to send signals to the controller. Like, they just basically hooked... One of the examples where they hooked up a controller, controller burns to a banana, using a button as just a simple like NES controller. Hmm. So, they just hooked up these uh, electrodes to people <laughs> and they were playing Bubble Blast with like these people's arms and stuff. It was good. That's funny. It's good. It's it a good show. I'd recommend it. I, I mean, I'll watch it. I yeah. will watch it. It's not the greatest show out there, but it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I figured, you know what? This links up to last episode. I like to keep things all linked together. Yeah. 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 Are you one for continuity? I'm one for continuity. Yeah, it's great interestingly enough I haven't done the little clue as to our topic of the week yet
1: yeah, we ha- you haven't made any World War 1 jokes <laughs> I might all. be the mustard
0: guess <laughs> <laughs> hey hey uh, uh, it
1: doesn't work when we're about to just move on to the topic
0: are we going to move on to the topic
1: yeah well I'm, I'm out you're out
0: yeah go watch go eight bit it's good yeah, I will. It's, it's, I will. it's pretty good
1: um, okay well let's let's move on to our meat and potatoes of, of the evening um of the evening. Uh, I don't know when you're listening to this, dear listener. You might be... this might be mid-morning for you.
0: Yeah, you could be listening in the, listening to it in the morning, in the afternoon. I mean, we don't really have but time anymore since the event. Yeah, I know, I lost all my clocks. Um, I mean, there's time on this phone that I found, but it's... Uh, I don't know if it's the right time.
1: It's probably pre-event time. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's set to Johannesburg time, actually. <laughs> I don't know why. So, anyway, our topic of the week. Yes. Um... As I so closely hinted to, very mustard gas based. And as we talked about last week, it's Valiant Hearts. Yes, we picked up another link from our past. A link between worlds,
1: if you will. Is this, is this going to happen forever? I'm, I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. I <laughs> love it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, like, there's going to be a lot more size yeah. as, as time goes on. Yeah,
0: yeah, just, just things getting more grand, grandiose as we continue. <laughs> we played Valiant Hearts because we were talking about World War One last week it's a game mm-hmm. neither of us had played but
1: we thought it looked pretty damn interesting and we'd both heard a lot about it weird when that happens you hear a lot about something then you never actually play it but, yeah um yeah. yeah so I mean it's been
0: out since 2014 so it's not exactly a hot button topic like Suicide Squad or, or Robot Wars well I
1: think I think you, Although could, then sh- you could shoehorn it because we've got um Battlefield 1 Battlefield 1 is coming out Battlefield 1 is coming out
0: The beta is in progress right
1: now So Battlefield 1 World War 1 World War 1 Games Valiant Hearts Valiant Hearts Hot button topic
0: We did it Hot button topic I mean it's not like Robot Wars was a hot button topic It was just No I don't think anyone Was talking about it (laughs) (laughs) Apart from us (laughs) Us and and (laughs) Daryl O'Brien
1: Probably Craig Charles But he's probably Craig Charles was really angry About it
0: I guess They brought it back Without me How dare they (laughs) They even brought Shouty Drunk Dad back to the commentary. <laughs> shouty Drunk Dad. Anyway, sorry we keep getting distracted. That's, we need to put that Blue Mutant and this segue back in the bathroom <laughs> yeah, with the rest of them. way do? keep <laughs> distracting me. Um, yeah, so Valiant Hearts. Um, I thought it was very good. A I very wonderfully very... charming game.
1: Charming is exactly the word I would use. Mm-hmm. There is an yeah. am- an amazing amount of charm to this game oh yeah it's it's one of these ones that like within five minutes of this game opening up i was like i'm gonna have a good time with this yeah i felt I, that I'm as well to enjoy this
0: i don't i don't know what it what it is something about uh the the people who made it so it's, it's a ubisoft game made mm-hmm. by their kind of subsection ubi arts who made the recent uh, rayman games mm-hmm. which i don't know if you've played but they're very good really Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are both fantastic
1: not touched them but I did love the originals uh, which we will definitely talk about because I spent a ridiculous on time with them
0: okay well basically they kind of brought the, the Rayman games brought back the essence of the originals mm. so it's just as you said with, uh, with like Shovel Knight just took all the took all the chaff smoothed okay. out the edges gave you a new Rayman game no rabbits. Because uh, those things made me angry. <laughs> made me uh, angry put I'm in angry. a lot of very nice music. Um,
1: anyway, back to Valiant Hearts. <laughs> but it was made by. Um, it was made by Ubisoft, but Ubisoft Arts.
0: Ubisoft. Arts. Yeah. A um, bunch of French people made a game about World War One, <laughs> which is good because it uh, covered a lot of aspects of World War One I, I didn't really know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really am. It's what a topic I'm very interested in is World War One and World War Two. It's a very uh, dynamic time in human history a lot of things were changing a lot of t- new technologies yeah. were coming to light mainly because of the wars um, and you kind of see this take place over the course of the game Yeah. it starts uh, just after the assassination of uh, bloody hell I know this by heart I've just lost Franz it France Ferdinand. Ferdinand Archduke Franz Ferdinand a bloke called Archie Duke shot an ostrich because he was hungry Yeah. that's a quote from Blackadder goes forth <laughs> Uh, if you ever need to remember World War I history, it's, uh, it's a good source. Yeah, so I found this game. I learned a lot playing this game. Mm, me too. Me too. Yeah, it was fun and educational. Something that you rarely get as a mm. 27-year-old man sitting in a bunker. <laughs> in <It's laughs> a bunker. I learned things this week. It was great. Um, like Zeppelins. Yeah. Zeppelins were a big thing. Segway, again. Oh,
1: Sorry. There was a Zeppelin attack in our uh, so our home city or what's left of it. Our bunker is set in Edinburgh, um, <laughs> and there was actually a Zeppelin attack in really? World War One as far north as Edinburgh. Oh my god! There I didn't are pictures that. of it. Really? Yes, which <laughs> I will link in the show notes because it's incredible to see like this old <clears throat> picture of Gothic Edinburgh mm-hmm. with a fucking. Zeppelin with hand bombs being thrown out. Of I bet it. it looks like Gotham City as well. It like, looks Gotham City also has a big Zeppelin. Yeah.
0: Over At all, at all times. I think. Um, no, I'll ignore that. I'm gonna, that's too much of a segue. Um, yes, cool. I didn't know that. But yeah, apparently a man named Baron von Zeppelin. Yeah. I made a note of his full name. I didn't write it down here. I need to look this up. You continue it. His name is fantastic.
1: Um, but yes, uh, the historical accuracy of it was something I thought was genuinely incredible. Um, the way it showed you the technological development throughout the throughout the war, throughout mm-hmm. the course of the war,
0: the way it introduced it was yeah was great. Um, quite sad as well. I think probably pretty factual. You, you go through the the bombing of a town called Reims, mm-hmm. which apparently that was the first introduction of mustard gas. Yeah, just on a civilian city. It's pretty grim. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, I spend a level saving, uh, saving civilians from like rubble and gas leaks gas. and. Uh... Oh, one thing I thought about the civilians that I love the art style in it. It's yeah. absolutely great. The children, creepy as fuck. I thought that. I hated the design they, they of they look the kids. Dead eyed. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the thing. Most of the characters like don't have eyes, or eyes are covered by either a hat or some hair. Yeah, which I thought was a very good style. That's choice. Why. But like the kids have these really big, like they just look cheap. They
1: look like dolls. Really cheap doll eyes. Mm. Yes, I did notice that. Yeah, um, but yeah, the historical accuracy of like the technological development, like you know, the scientists you're chasing through most of the game. Yes, that's a uh, Otto something. I can't remember his name, but the guy developed the the basis of the internal combustion engine. He's a that real man. Use. A real man. So that character is a real guy. A re- I don't think he was picked up and made on a Zebulun yeah but yeah stuff. of course um, but not real, real dude real dude who oh, made cool. um, who made uh, it's, called, it's called the auto engine but it's also just a four stroke engine but a very efficient one mm-hmm. um, that set the archetype for all engines like we still that archetype is still how engine most engines are developed with the exception of like rotary engines and fancy mm-hmm. stuff um, which is incredible like, and yeah. it drops that throughout the lore drops so the game uses this incredible lore drop system and um, I, th- I don't know if, if that's the words you would use but it's like so it's got various sections within the menu where it's like okay so you want to read lots and lots about the lore of the place you are it just gives you a huge menu of like this is what happened on this day lots of information but what I found more interesting was the secret collectibles yeah. so there's secret collect- collectibles in every level of the game that are so specific to World War One and stuff you would see in a museum, and basically you can find them, and then as you find it, you can uh, you can either look it up later in the game, or you can click a button to prompt it, and it'll give you a little bit of information about there, and um, there and then, and the flavour text that adds and the history that adds to the game is just incredible. The the feeling of place. Oh yeah,
0: you I get really immersed in it. Yeah. Um, as you were saying about the reading, I think I must have spent at least a quarter of my playtime just reading yeah. about World War One, About a seven hour game. So I spent a good quality, good amount of time just learning. I know.
1: It's great. And you don't feel bad about it either. You don't, well, not that you should ever feel bad about learning. Um, You don't feel cheated. Cheated out of gameplay. Yeah, because like, yeah. a lot of the times when that happens, or, or a game gives you a big lore dump, or like, like Assassin's
0: Creed is really bad for it. Like yeah, it just takes tries to educate action. you. And just puts you in a futuristic world where it just gives you a lot, a lot of lore yeah. about the Assassin's Creed world. Those are my wor- least favourite parts of those games, but we can talk about that.
1: So, have you found this Zeppelin Man's full name?
0: <laughs> yes, okay. You ready for this? Yes. Uh, born 8th of July 1838 in the Grand Duch- Duchy of Baden, which is now part of uh, Wurttemberg, Germany. This Baron. Yep, called Ferdinand Adolf Heinrich August Graf von Zeppelin. Holy moly! That's a, that's a name, right?
1: He's got a mu- he's got a big old mustache as well, and a bald head. Wow! But this this chap was the main antagonist of the game.
0: No, it's not. That wasn't him. There was another oh. guy. Okay, so this
1: is the Zeppelin guy.
0: So this is just the guy who invented the Zeppelin. I was curious, so I looked it up. Oh, because I wasn't aware that Zeppelins were a big thing. I don't think the I don't think he's the antagonist of the game.
1: Because the antagonist is a Baron
0: as he well. He is a Baron. He's Baron von Dorf. If I remember correctly, cool. which is German for village. Okay. I did, I did some research. I did some research. Yeah. I did more learning.
1: Well, anyway, plot-wise, just to just to give a, okay, a basic yeah. overview. So it's World War One. You're playing a character who has been displaced from their family. Um, there's a various other characters, but I mean that will bog it down, bog down this explanation with complication. Basically, you are chasing a bad baron man who runs away in a zeppelin. And He's the main baddie of it. I mean, probably a bit more advanced than it should have been. That was like po- a bit
0: more fantasy, I think. Yeah, there was a of bit of fantasy. Zeppelin's yeah. got like a tank attached to it, some train yeah. cars. It's, uh,
1: but yeah. And he's kidnapped um, a scientist. So all the characters in the game have various reasons to chase after this Baron, who is the main antagonist. Um, and that that is essentially the game. And you're just having this adventure throughout World War I, trying to capture and to, to find this Baron. Um, and I, I think that's a fair rough assessment of the very basic plot, of yeah. bare-, bare bones. Um, but even then, the like structural plot of the game is not the thing I found most interesting at all. Uh, no, it, I
0: just liked the settings, the little little puzzles. I thought yeah. they were like they were they weren't challenging, but they were challenging enough that you would spend a lot of time in the environments, mm-hmm. just exploring and picking up secret items. And you'd have to explore the entire place before thinking, oh, this bucket goes here. Then I lift up the lever uh, and use the dog to crawl through a space. Yeah. Uh, which the dog, I thought, was definitely going to die at some point. Like, very early on when you meet the dog, though, oh, yeah. this dog's going to die. And it does get stuck in barbed wire at one point. But yeah. You save it, so it's fine. Uh,
1: but I was like, oh, here we go. Here Maybe we go. Shadow of the Colossus all over again. <laughs> um well actually I mean just to explain the gameplay of the game it's uh, sort of like a platform puzzle game yeah Um, like Limbo like Limbo yeah I was getting heavy Limbo vibes off it actually I would say that Um, do you know what I I kept thinking throughout this game this is what a click point adventure from the 90s wants to be yeah that's what I felt like that makes sense it, it was like maybe a click point is more complex but it's like I always thought click points were all about mainly trying to keep you in an area long enough for the, the characterization and the narrative to leach into you. Yeah, and that's that's that was how it worked. But it's like I thought this was like, this is the logical progression of what a click point became. This is this is like this is a realized click point. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I felt, and I, that, that could be argued. That's fairly subjective, but that's what I felt throughout it. Um, mechanically, um, I mean, obviously the the. Puzzle mechanics, while not really com- complex, did keep you in the area long enough to allow the narrative to leach into your yeah. brain and things. What I thought was amazing about it was all the different characters in it. Yeah. So all the characters function differently mechanically. They all have very they all have different skill sets. They can do different things. And what I thought was great about it was like because they play differently, those characters feel different I think it goes back, again, to what you were
0: talking about last week of emergent gameplay. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the nurse character. Yeah. Who, like, it's like halfway through the game, you realise there's this new element of gameplay where you have to heal people. Yeah. And it's almost like a little rhythm action game. Where there's like (laughs) a little, uh, I don't know, heartbeat monitor going along. You have to press buttons at the right time to, like, you know, bandage them up and give them, like, morphine injections and, and cut out bullets and stuff. And if you don't do it right, you know... You know, it shakes the controller, vibrates. It's like you know, you've got less time to, to heal them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the uh, American soldier who's part of the foreign legion. Some French like foreign that. legion?
1: No, he's not part of the French foreign legion. He's part of the. He's an American soldier. American
0: Expeditionary Force or something? That's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There actually, there was a lot of a, like I like learning about all the different. Uh, ...people who fought in the war. Like, not the armies, I guess. Like, uh, because you hardly see any of, like, the British army. Which I thought was really interesting. Because growing up in the UK like I feel like we all we hear about is like the Tommy's going to war spending lots of time sitting in the trenches yeah whereas like this game smoking was, fags and
1: drinking tea yeah killing rats killing eating rats.
0: rats it's a very similar lifestyle down here, <laughs> down here yeah. Uh, so yeah it was nice interesting to hear about uh, there's Canadian soldiers in there there's well the...
1: ostensibly I mean it was a world war but it was a French war yeah like, we must remember that like uh, the vast majority of the combat happened in France in, in yeah France mm-hmm. yeah uh, I mean just, Overall, it just left me with just a nice feeling, and it was an anti-war game, which I enjoyed. Yeah, it was very, it was mu- very much an anti-war game. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think most things that are about World War One are pretty anti-war because it was horrible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's awful. It was awful,
1: and it like really just gives you the sort of like this is just a waste of humanity. Yeah. yeah, just a waste. I
0: mean, you said you didn't complete it.
1: Yeah, I only, I only got to uh, the end of chapter two. Uh,
0: the end of the game. Like you do definitely feel like the waste yeah. of human life. I don't know if I really want to spoil it for you. Yeah, i fire man. Uh, okay, so spoiler alert.
1: Everybody dies. Uh no. One no character I, I meant dies. I meant just in that was World War One statistics. Oh, right,
0: yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, millions of people die. <laughs> and you see millions of people die in the kind of basically the last level. Yeah. Um, you play as the main guy, the farmer. Yeah. Um, Remy? Was his name Remy? Remy, could be. Anyway, Guillaume. <laughs> Something French. Anyway, he, he, so you play as him for the last level, and it's the, the big battle of the Somme, like the push over the trenches. Mm. And uh, there's sort of a cover-based system, you know, throughout the game, where, yeah. like, if at some point you're running through the trenches, people will be firing guns. Like, you know, Germans will be shooting their machine guns, so you have to stop, hide behind a fence. And they'll re- stop to reload, run until they start firing again. Hide behind another fence. Instead of fences in the last level, it's just piles of bodies.
1: Holy moly! Yeah,
0: and you're running with a with running with a little squad of guys. And there's remember the French general at the start. Yeah. With a sword and a pistol, he's shouting at you to do things at the very start of the game. He's in it and he's behind you, shouting at you and telling you to keep going forward, keep go 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 go, and. Um, as you go, your squad members are picked off. You pick up more, like you basically, you literally pull people out of piles of bodies. Like and the general's like, keep going, just keep going, get to the end. And there's a bit where you're all like stuck together behind this like massive pile of mud and like bombshells and bodies and stuff. And and uh, the general shouting and shouting and shouting. And there's nothing you can really do. You're like kind of sort of stuck. There's no like puzzle to solve. There's nothing to break. There's nothing to dig because I guess that character, his whole thing is like digging underground. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, the the game just says the narrative of the game, I guess, is uh, the character just loses it and you just, like, knock the guy out with a shovel and uh, you kill him back so that just the pressure gets too much and you just kill the general and uh, you get court-martialed for treason and you get shot and that's the end of the game. It's really sad. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. I mean, you play it because it's, like, it's one of those endings where it just leaves you feeling like, oh, man, it's disappointing. The other characters, like, survive... Um, the his son-in-law gets back to the village where he's from reunites with his uh, son and daughter but that gets you know that's during a mustard gas attack the little village gets attacked by gas you have to basically save your wife and daughter from being gassed um, and the American soldier I don't really remember what happens to him there's like a little bit at the end where he's like standing on a dock and like the American battleships are coming in because mm-hmm. that's the thing like the game ends quite abruptly I felt for that game to, for the game to end there, yeah. before the end of the war, was rather abrupt, and I feel like they probably had more game they wanted to do, mm. um, because, well, I've seen like, more concept art of uh, the American character being on like warships and submarines, right? and uh, there's, that, there's just a shot of the end, being like, and then, you know, the war continued, and America came in their big ships, and they helped, and the war was over in a few months. And I was like, well, fair enough, but it would have been nice to see more of that. I wonder if there was, like, a time constraint you didn't yeah. have time. Well, that, was, that was a nice point to round off the story, but I still felt like I could have done more. Hmm. Um, Yeah, it was a little sad ending, man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. You should play. You should, if you get the time, play the end of it, because it's, uh, it's good. You really...
1: Yeah. It reminded me... I don't know. I mean, everyone has... Everyone's read enough about World War One to have these things that make you feel very strong for me it was uh, All Quiet on the Western Front by Henrik Maria Remark mm-hmm. um, and it's a World War One book yeah. about uh, Germans in the trenches and it was written by a guy who was actually a German in the trenches yeah. so he had a pretty good uh, good idea of what it was of what's like. going on but um, there was things in that that always reminded me like the, the unending march of technology's uh, development mm. and that's something that's mentioned in the book um, I'll quote in Western Front. It talks about how like tanks were just like a joke at the start of the First World yeah. War. Yeah. Then by the end of it, they were these harrowing machines of death. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I, I like you felt a bit of that in the in the transition through the game. Um, but yeah, just. I mean, it bums me out. <laughs> like yeah. yeah,
0: no, it was a bummer ending, but I still felt like it was a good ending. Like, yeah, like, oh, this has been a good
1: game. That's that's the amazing thing about the game. It's like it can charm you and you can still feel bummed out at the same time. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, with, like, bombing of civilian cities and uh, saving, like, you know, your your home, the farm you grew up on being, like, gassed. <laughs> uh, escaping from a prisoner of war camp. Jeez. Um, finding, like... Well, I don't know if, if you got it that far, but there's a point where you're basically in the mines under the hill. Yeah. Uh, and you save, like, a germ, Like, you're playing as the main character and you save a German soldier. Uh, so you're basically playing, like, cooperatively with this German soldier, hmm. and uh, you get caught by two other Germans, and they're like, we're going to take you away to prison, you know? Because, well, there's no dialogue in the game, so essentially what they're saying is like, oh, you captured you, we're going to take you away, and the guy that you saved is like, no, let him go. You he helped me. And they're like, well, all right. Because he basically explains he was going to die without you, so they let you basically escape. Yeah. Which I thought was nice, you know, because it kind of, like for the first majority of for the majority of the first half of the game it was like the Germans are the villains but then it shows a nice sort of like balance like all good war things that shows that yeah. there's you know good and bad on both sides
1: or like all good war things they show that nobody wants to be there yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much nobody wants to be there yeah. at all just like we don't want to be in this vault yeah which is why i would go outside no. for valiant hearts i would go outside if for it valiant was hearts. a
0: little Doberman trapped in barbed wire. Yeah, I would definitely go outside I would say,
1: yeah, let's save it. And uh, I, I would uh, shout out to a, a big black man with wire with clippers, and he would clip out the dog, and it would be great.
0: Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so that's our, that's our first
1: go outside of the, of the series. Of oh, the series. And sorry, it's a, it's a bit of a bummer ending, because it's a sad thing, but it's also a sad... Sometimes sad things are good things, because they make you feel. They make you feel, and it's important and to It's that.
0: rare to have a video game
1: that does that, I think. Very rare. You know? Um, we could do a special on games that make you bummed out. I don't just, know I want just to a very, <laughs> We'd just be very sad yeah. for, for an hour. Bring your tissues. It's the, it's the bummed out special. It's the bum <laughs> bummer special. Sounds like something uh, very different. But anyway, I can see this, this radioactive grease uh, actually leaking towards us. Yeah, those blue mutants really did a number on our, on our bugs. Uh, yeah, they really smashed up those toilets. I think it's because the toilets are painted green. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, definitely no. I mean, no there's five toilets and one of them. <laughs> <And> only, <laughs> only one of them's green. I mean, this is definitely not a sports reference.
0: Nah, nah I don't even like sport. I don't even like I sports. don't even like when sports people get really angry over stupid shit Yeah, and smash up bathrooms.
1: It's almost like the only analogy that could be made would be with big dumb super mutants <laughs> smashing up the thing for no reason. Yeah, so so we draw straws. Uh, Okay. Who gets to go. Or rock paper scissors? It? Uh, we could rock paper scissors.
0: Robin, you lost the rock paper scissors. God damn it! Now you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna go sort these mutants out. Ah, oh, no, I don't want to. Here's your bucket. Oh. here's your gloves. Uh oh.
1: Uh, I'll give you can I get, stick. Can I get the radioactive gloves this time, and not just the marigolds, mate? I need them. You only use them for your, the stuff you do in the sexy vault. Don't
0: you talk about my sex vault as <laughs> a different vault for a different podcast? Fine. Um. So anyway, we'll see you next week. Next time, guys. I don't know how long Robin's gonna be cleaning up this leakage for, but. It's <laughs> It's pretty
1: greasy. I'm going to deal with some naked of my own in <laughs> the sex <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, um, thank you very much for tuning into this emergency broadcast, as always.
0: Yes, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you were able to pick this up, be you a survivor on the planes or some listener from the future or past. Yeah, or it present.
1: Um, It's lore-wise, isn't it? This is going to, how we're gonna to have to wreck on this is gonna be really difficult. Yeah, when the bombs actually do drop. Oh jeez. Um, but you do contact us on Twitter, email us, uh, and share with your friends and loved ones. We'd like them to listen as well. That'd be really nice. Yeah. If you want to email
0: us, dgopodcast pod, DGO yeah. at gmail.com.
1: And our Twitter is at denny Go, denny Go um Which, uh, spelling is quite difficult, but you can see it in the description. Yeah. If you're Scottish, you'll get it. If you're not. You probably dead. won't. But understand it's a joke. Yeah, it's a Anyway, you better go do that thing. I'll go clean up this grease. Um, thank you very much for listening, and as always... Don't go outside! Don't go outside! There's... there's, there's, there's mutants out there! There's mutants in, here. There's mutants in we here! We went outside and let them in! Mutants <laughs> everywhere!